What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Lost Lifting Talk. Today we have a Q&A podcast that we're going to get into. I've got a few questions here, some on nutrition, some on training, and uh, yeah, we're going to take a deep dive into those here shortly. But before we do, I've got just a couple announcements for you guys that I want to run by to start plugging in your heads. And one of those is I am in the process of rebuilding my entire website to be able to host a membership site inside of my website for training. I'm going to be starting a training membership that's a lower tier option compared to actual one-to-one coaching to where you can have access to all of my training programs. There's a, a ton of different programs that I have, some for women, some for men. I have powerlifting programs. I have hypertrophy programs. I have power building programs, all sorts of different types of training modalities depend upon your goal, how many days per week that you can train, what injuries you have, what type of equipment you have available to you, basically just a huge array of different type of training programs that I've built over the years for different types of clients that I have worked with. And so what my plan is to do is to open up a training membership site at a lower tier option than one-to-one coaching where you can have access to all of my programming And with that, you'll have access to a private Facebook group to where I can be in there helping you guys as a group coach you through understanding which program might be best for you to run. Uh, We can coach you through like different questions you have with your training, different questions you have with your form. You can put form videos in that Facebook group to where I can help critique you with your form. Basically, what it will be is me being your personal trainer online, right? You'll have a virtual personal trainer. This has nothing to do with nutrition coaching, only has to do with the training aspect of things. So that is going to be coming very soon. All of my programming is done in four-week blocks. So essentially, if you were to sign up for the Lost and Lifting membership site um, to get access to all of the programming, what you would do is you would go into the site, you would sign up for it, and then from there, you would get access to all of my different training programs that I have. And so what you would do is you would choose which program you wanted to follow dependent upon, again, how many days per week you can train, what your specific goals are, what kind of equipment you have available to you to be able to train, and then you'll pick whichever program inside of there that best suits you and your lifestyle, your goals, etc. Um, so from there, what would happen is you would sign up for the program that you wanted, and then every four weeks, you would essentially be given your new training program. So each of my programs is in a four-week block. So you'd run a four-week block to where we would break down each exercise for you. We would break down how much weight you should be using in those lifts relative to your strength. We would break down how to progress those lifts over time. We'll have form videos for each exercise in there so that you know exactly what you're doing inside of each session. And then every fourth week, you'll receive a new training program for me that's built off of the last block that you just completed to continue progressing over time to keep your your training switched up, keep it dynamic, keep it fun and engaged, but at the same time, make sure that that it is result-based. And where a lot of people go wrong with training is trying to always switch things up, right? And so what I do with clients is I have them run four-week blocks. We're running the same training program for a four-week period, and we're learning how to progress that program over time where we're adding a little bit of weight each week, or on certain exercises, we're adding a few reps each week, or on other exercises, we're adding some sets each week. On other exercises, we're adding some time under tension each week, just making sure that we're progressing the workouts so that your body is forced to progress on the back end of that. So if this is something that 
intrigues you if you're looking to take your training to the next level and really put some structure in place with your training to ensure that you're making the progress and maximizing the time that you're investing. This is something that I would keep my eyes out for if I were you, just because again, this isn't something that I'm launching now. It's something I'm going to be launching at the first of the year, but I am going to um, put together a wait list shortly to where you're going to get first access inside of this as a podcast listener. And you're also going to get a discount for being a podcast listener and being some of the first people into the membership site. So just something to keep in mind. If you have questions about this, if it might be a good fit for you, you can always shoot me an email. My email's linked down below as always. And I'm happy to talk through this with you, but the site's being built out right now. I actually just got the first draft sent back to me and I'm super pumped for it. Just the structure of everything and how it's laid out. I think there's going to be a ton of value there and it's going to help a lot of people be able to take their training to their next level. And it's going to give me the opportunity to be able to work with a lot more people, which I'm super excited about because as of one-to-one coaching, it's the best service that I can offer, right? But that also comes with a little bit of a steeper price because you're getting full access to me. In this sort of a scenario to where you're gonna get access to me through the Facebook group as well as everybody else is too, so it's more of a group training scenario, I can offer this at a much cheaper rate and give you a ton of value inside of your training just to make sure that things are structured how you want them to. And then if you're a part of that and for some reason you decide that you like nutrition coaching on top of that, that's something that can be talked about as well, but this is strictly just on the training side of things to help you build out some structure to stop yourself from getting injured, to make sure that you are maximizing the time that you're investing and just making sure that you have the structure that you need to make sure that you're creating the results that you should be creating in terms of your training so that you're not following random IG workouts or um, just going into the gym without a clear plan each and every day. So keep in, keep that in mind. That's going to be coming shortly as it comes out. If you want to get on the wait list to end up with a discounted rate um, as some of the first people into the membership, I'll be sure to announce that soon. So keep your ears open. That will be coming shortly. But other than that, the only other thing that I have to announce, well, it's not really an announcement, but the only other thing that I have to ask is if you guys could go down below and leave this show a star rating as well as a review. As I've said, the only way for your podcast to be able to grow inside of Apple and iTunes is to get more reviews on your shows. That's how it goes up in rankings and shows up in more people's feeds. So I'd be super appreciative if you could leave it a star rating and if you have a little bit of extra time, leave it a review. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know what could be improved with the show. Let me know if you have specific guests that you'd like to come on to the show or if you have specific topics that you would like me to talk on and create episodes on, you can leave that in the reviews as well and I'll make sure to look through and take some of those ideas and implement them into the episodes. So with that, that's really all that I have for you guys. Let's just hop into these questions. All right, question number one. Do you do any podcasts on alcohol as a macro? I know you mentioned it in episode three, but you never go into it. You're exactly right. I've never gone into how to incorporate alcohol and um, not let it set you back, right? How to incorporate it and still stay on track with your nutrition goals, stay on track with your body composition goals. And it's a very solid question. I just honestly haven't been asked on it too much, so I've never really dove into it. But we'll use this opportunity to explain how you can still incorporate alcohol and stay on track with your fitness and nutrition goals. And first and foremost, before I go too deep into this, I think it's important to state that if you have body composition goals, if you have fat loss goals, muscle building goals, I think it's important to make sure that when it comes to alcohol, that 
it's something that isn't used a lot, right? Because what we know is alcohol is going to slow down your recovery. It's going to make you feel a little bit more sluggish. Um, it's going to impair your decision-making if you're getting drunk very often, things like that. So I think it's important that if you do have these goals that alcohol is consumed in moderation, maybe one to two times a week, and you're not ever really focusing on fitting in alcohol and getting drunk very often, right? Like a couple of drinks every now and again, it's not going to hurt you whatsoever, but, but drinking to get drunk when you have body composition goals or fat loss goals, performance goals, whatever it may be, probably isn't the best idea in the world. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to have some scenarios where holidays or social occasions where you're not going to want to go out and drink. And maybe you do like to get drunk every now and again. That that doesn't mean that you can't do that. It just means that those times should be very minimal if you're serious about the goals that they, that you are trying to achieve. But whenever I have clients that are um, wanting to consume alcohol, the biggest thing is just making sure that first calories are still kept under control. So if you're consuming alcohol, it should still be fitting inside of your caloric intake. And number two is still making sure that you are hitting your protein goal each and every day. So as far as fats and carbs go, if you know you're going to be drinking, I would just tell you to make sure that you are tracking your calories and you are tracking your protein. And as long as you're still abiding by those two things, well then fitting in a couple drinks isn't really going to make that big of an impact on your immediate results or even really set you back that much to be honest. But the big thing here is what I like to do, let's say I'm going out on a social occasion or something, or maybe there's going to be a couple drinks involved. What I would do first and foremost is plan out those drinks and how many drinks I'm going to be having and track those first um, to make sure that I can fit the rest of my day around it so that I'm still getting in a lot of protein earlier in the day um, to make sure that I'm eating lower calorie foods earlier in the day just to make make it easier to fit that alcohol in. And again, a big thing here is making sure that you're not getting wasted, right? Making sure that you're not getting too drunk because at the end of the day, if you are getting drunk and you have body composition goals, it's a lot easier. You make worse decisions when you're drunk. You're not going to be as smart about eating. If you're blackout drunk, you probably eat a whole lot of food that night um, on the way home from the bar or whatever it may be. And then you're in a position to where you really have set yourself back if you go on an all out binge after consuming a lot of alcohol. So just making sure that you're responsible with it, making sure that you are trying to keep those drinks inside of your caloric intake, making sure that you're still hitting your protein intake and then letting the fats and carbs kind of fall where they may and just fitting that alcohol in. Another thing that you could do if you're a little bit more advanced, if you're tracking macros, proteins, carbs, and fats, is you could just add alcohol in to your carb intake. So this is a, a decent strategy that can work as well. Let's say that you have 250 grams of carbs to eat per day. So what you would do here is let's say you're going to consume 300 calories of alcohol. Well, what you would do is take 300, divide it by four, whatever that gets you. Let me pull it up on my calculator real quick. So 300 divided by four is 75. That would mean that you use 75 grams of your carbs towards alcohol. So you could just initially track 75 grams of carbs into my fitness pal. And then that's what you have for your alcohol. And the thing about alcohol actually is that it's actually a fourth macronutrient. So there's carbs, fats, and proteins. Proteins have four calories per gram. Carbs have four calories per gram. Fats have nine calories per gram and alcohol has seven calories per gram. But like if you're tracking in my fitness pal, there's not an option for alcohol as a macronutrient. And so what I would suggest doing is just taking the amount of calories 
that you consume through alcohol, divide it by four, turn it into carb grams so that you still are getting in all of your protein and your fats are staying up higher and you're just taking away any of that alcohol consumption through your carb intake. So there's a couple ways to go about it and it just depends on what you're tracking. Again, a lot of my clients, I only have tracking calories and protein. More advanced clients who are getting to really low body fat levels or have very specific performance-based goals, then we put them in a position to where they're tracking all three macronutrients just because we want to be a little bit more tedious in terms of their energy balance and making sure that they are ready and fully capable of performing at their greatest potential. And so that comes down to tracking all macronutrients. But again, gen pop type people don't really have to worry too much about counting all macronutrients to where if you're going to incorporate alcohol, I would just make sure you're still hitting your caloric goal, fitting that alcohol into your caloric goal, as well as making sure you're still hitting your protein goal and you can fit in some alcohol and be just fine. But again, the key here is moderation. A few drinks per week, totally fine. I have some clients that will have around four drinks per week, two drinks, um, on each night of the weekends, two drinks on Friday, two drinks on Saturday, they make it fit into their goals and they're perfectly fine and they continue making progress week in and week out where they're even bought recomping. I have one client right now who likes his Tito's and so he makes sure to be able to include two Tito's on Saturday and two Tito's on Friday. And he's still making really good progress. He's actually in the middle of a recomp right now to where he's dropping body fat, he's putting on muscle, he's enjoying a little bit of alcohol in moderation, but at the same time, he has most of his focus on whole foods, hitting his caloric goal, hitting his protein goal, and getting stronger in the weight room, and his body's continuing to respond. So you can absolutely include alcohol. Just make sure it's done in moderation. If you're counting macros, just use your alcohol as your carb source. If you're counting just calories and protein, just make sure that the alcohol is fitting inside of your calories and you're still hitting your protein goal and you'll be completely fine. All right. Question number two, how do we know when the newbie gains have stopped? So before we get into this, let's quickly explain what newbie gains even are. So newbie gains are the idea that when you very first start training, you get newbie gains, meaning that you get results faster than you would um, later on in your career after one, two, or three years of progress of training progressively and continuing to add weight. When you first begin, your body responds relatively quicker than it does the longer that you get into it just because the adaptions are newer and you'll see better strength gains at a faster pace basically is all that 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 is. And so when it comes to somebody who is newer to training or maybe even you've been training for a decent amount of time but you've never followed a structured sort of training program to where you're looking to overload lifts over time in specific rep ranges and whatnot, things like that. What I'll generally do with those types of clients is when we begin, we'll just start by with like the same rep range. So let's say on a barbell squat, we'll go for three sets of six reps. And each week, all that we're looking to do is add five to 10 pounds to that lift to continue creating those adaptions and building up your strength relatively quickly because your body's never had to respond to anything like to like that before. So you're going to respond faster. And then the longer that you go, let's say you're able to add five to 10 pounds for six months straight to that lift. Well, maybe you've gone from 135 pounds up to 225 pounds throughout that time frame. That's amazing progress, right? But now what's going to happen is that you couldn't just continue progressing that week to week because your adaptions are going to slow down. Your body's going to slow down. You're not going to be able to continue creating progress quite as quickly. So at this point, you'd have to go with more of a periodized approach to your overload to where maybe like you're adding a little bit of weight each week, but you're dropping reps down a little bit each week. And then as you start the new block, you start at the top end of that rep range um, with a little bit more weight than you did in the last block. 
and then add a little bit of weight as you continue to decrease reps. So you're, you're basically progressing from block to block instead of from week to week in terms of the amount of weight that you're using to create that overload. So once you get to that point and you can't continue, continuously just add weight each and every week to your lifts, you have a pretty good idea that your newbie gains are slowing down because your progress in terms of what you're doing in the gym is slightly slowing down. And so those newbie gains are probably slowing down with that as well. But that's not a bad thing. That's how it works for all of us. And that's what's important to understand is you first get into the gym, you're going to be able to continuously add weight pretty quickly to most of your lifts and build up that strength. But just as natural human beings, we're not going to be able to continuously do that forever, right? It slows down. If, if your progress never slowed down, then we'd all be lifting thousands of pounds as long as we just kept going. And that's physically impossible for most of us, right? So when progress slows down in terms of the gym, you're not able to add weight as often. Your lifts are getting harder. You're hitting plateaus in your strength a little bit in certain areas. So your progress slows down. You have to create more of a periodized approach to things. That's when you'll have a pretty good idea that your newbie gains are slowing down and it's time to start taking a more advanced approach to your training in terms of your overload and how many sets you're potentially doing and things like that. So hopefully that answers your question. Your newbie gains slow down when you can stop continuously just adding weight to the bar each and every week and performing it for around the same amount of reps that you did in the previous week. Question number three, what's the difference between RPE and RIR? It's a really good question. So when we're talking about these two phrases, these two, what's that called? Is it called synonyms when you're just using the letters um, for like sayings? Pretty sure it's called synonyms. Correct me if I'm wrong. But RPE stands for rate of perceived exertion. It's just on a scale of one to 10 of how hard your last rep was during a particular set. So if you had an RPE 10 on your last rep of a particular set, that means you hit absolute failure on that last set, that last rep, meaning you couldn't have done any more weight and you couldn't have done any more reps. You went to absolute failure. If you hit an RPE nine, that mean on your last rep, you probably had one rep left in the tank, but you stopped one rep shy of failure. RPE eight would mean you had two reps left in the tank, meaning you probably could have got two more reps, but you stopped two reps shy. RPE seven means you had three reps left in the tank. RPE six, four reps left in the tank. RPE five, five reps left in the tank. You get the point. So you gauge your intensity off of that RPE scale on a gauge of one to 10. Where R, what RIR is, is basically just the reverse of that. They're, they're the exact same things. I usually use RPE with most clients because that's what I learned first. So that's kind of just what's ingrained in my head. So in my programming, I always have an RPE scale. But RIR is just the reverse. It calls for reps in reserve. Meaning, if your program says RIR zero, that means on your last rep in a particular set, if your program says RIR zero, that means you go until you have zero reps left in reserve. If you have an RIR one, that means that you go until you have one rep left, one rep left in reserve. You have an RPE two, or excuse me, if you have an RIR two, that means you go until you have two reps left in reserve. If you go to three, means you go until you have three reps left in reserve. So RIR kind of just sounds easier from the get, but again, my brain's just always been um, on the process of RPE. So that's generally what I use, but they're basically the exact same thing inside of your training. It's just gauging your intensity and how hard you should be going. Because what we know is we don't want to be training to an RPE 10 
or an RIR zero, again, same thing, going to absolute failure in everything. It's probably a pretty good idea to leave around one to three reps left in the tank, meaning you're hitting somewhere between an RPE seven to nine or an RIR of one to three in most of your lifts to first be able to leave a little bit of room to continue progressing in the future and second to make sure that you're not overly fatiguing yourself to where you can't recover as well to still continuously create progress in your training over the long term because you're hitting that wall each and every week and it gets harder and harder to continue recovering over the long term so that's all that that really stands for and there's a lot of studies showing that training between one to three reps left in reserve compared to training to absolute failure leads to just as good of results over the long term because you can continue progressing at a more optimal rate and recovering from that RIR of one to three or RPE of seven to nine because it's allowing you to actually recover and continue progressing over the long haul to where if you're always training to failure does it create more muscle stimulus? Absolutely. But again, your recovery is going to be impaired a little bit. You're not going to feel as good. You're probably going to be less motivated to train more often. You're probably going to have more anxiety going into your training sessions because you're having to get, give such a hard intensity to where your mood might be down a little bit, your energy levels might be down a little bit, and you're putting yourself at a greater risk of injury just because the closer you push to failure, the more likely you are to have form breakdown at particular times too. So certain coaches will use an RIR scale. Other coaches will use an RPE scale. I tend to go towards the RPE scale just because that's initially what I learned first. And so that's kind of just what's ingrained in my head. But essentially, they're the exact same thing. They're just in reverse. RPE is 1 to 10, 10 being max. RIR starts at zero, meaning zero is max, meaning that you're hitting failure at zero to where RPE is you're hitting failure at 10. So that is how that works. And those are actually the only three questions that we are going to get into today. I like to keep these Q&As right around that 20-minute marker, and that's exactly where we are at. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you found value from this episode, I would be greatly appreciative if you could take a screenshot, put it on your IG story, and tag me in it so that I can repost it on mine and send you a, a message personally thanking you for doing so. So again, I'm grateful for you guys being here, and I'll talk with you soon.